combine how books are put together. I'm your host, Holly Dunn. In today's interview, I'm talking with Australian book cover designer, Alyssa Danalo. Alyssa has won many design awards, including the Australian Book Design Association Award for Young Designer of the Year in 2015. In this interview, we talk about the catalogue that she designed for ABDA the following year, illustrating on the iPad, and her lifelong love of William Morris. Here's Alyssa. All right, so so you're in Australia at the moment. Is, are you in Sydney? Am I right in thinking that? Yes, that's right. I live in Sydney. And have you always worked in, in Australia? Yes, I was born here. Um, and I've lived in Sydney my whole life and I've always worked here. I've, I've thought about li- uh, working and living overseas, but I guess it's never happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and are you working freelance at the moment? Is that right? That's right. Yes. I um, work from a studio in Surrey Hills. So that's sort of in the city middle of Sydney. Yeah. It has a lovely sound to it. Surrey Hills. Surrey Hills. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice place. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if you're working freelance, do you work with clients from overseas as well or is it mostly in Australia? Uh, most of my clients are in Australia, uh, but I do work with uh, some publishers in the US and the UK, Yeah, which is, which is fun. I'm always curious to know what, what the differences are between those, those different areas and in terms of design and in terms of how, how people work in different publishing companies. Um, as in across um, like internationally or just across different publishing houses um, internationally really so how the UK differs from Australia and how Australia differs from from the US to be honest um, in my experience I haven't noticed um, a massive difference in in the way people work I mean it's the same situation you get a brief uh, you put together concepts uh, they go to meetings, they come back from meetings. I guess um, with the publishers that I've worked with in the UK and the US, everything seems to be a lot more streamlined and organised. Um, and that might just be because we both know we're on opposite sides of the world. So we're not communicating in real time. We're communicating um, out of each other's hours. Mm. So everything seems to be sort of we're, we're on the ball, organised, everything going smoothly. Um but in terms of design styles, I mean, I'm, I do a lot of illustrative stuff for the people overseas. So, um, you know, I, I'm using the same style for them that I do for um, when, I, when I do illustrative stuff here in Australia. So, I mean, I, I don't see a massive difference um, in terms of style and that sort of thing. But it, it's strange because when I look at even just UK and US covers, I can see a massive difference there in, in what they think is sort of... Um, going to sell um, but in my own personal experience it's just sort of um, that streamlined aspect that's different yeah I, I have noticed that particularly the difference between New Zealand covers and Australian covers Australian covers do yeah. seem to go more for the illustrated look yeah at the moment definitely, definitely. yeah the real there's a real kind of peak in that um our publishers are sort of becoming familiar with that um, those sorts of styles and having more confidence in those in going for covers that are fully illustrated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I just before we get on to the covers themselves, um, I see that you do some, some work at um, the University of Technology in Sydney that you do some lecturing. 
Yes, so is that right. mostly about book design? Yes, it's actually quite quite strictly about book design. Um, I, I have gone in and done some lectures uh, for the students there talking about uh, my experience as a graphic designer. So I actually went to UTS and studied visual communication. So um, I talked to them about how I sort of fell into book design um, and what my career path was. Um, and that, it, you know, it's okay if you don't want to be a logo designer or a web designer or whatever. There are other avenues. So, yeah. So are you talking about specific covers as well and your process in, in those lectures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do bring up, um, you know, sp different types of covers um, and um, different types of books, so fully illustrated books um, as well. And I talk to them about the different processes and how to take on feedback from publishers and work that um, so that you keep working on a book that you think is fantastic even though all your ideas are getting sort of knocked around and retransformed and that sort of thing. That sounds absolutely wonderful. I'm, I'm quite envious that I can't just come and sit in on some of those. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah, the students, I think they quite like it. I mean, there's not a whole bunch of book designers in Australia or in Sydney. There's a, a very small amount of us. I think they, they don't really meet that many book designers um, mm. in their career. So they seem pretty interested. Well, even internationally, it's, it's still quite a, a small community, really. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. It's the same thing in sort of the UK and the US, that there's a very sort of small-knit group of book designers. And that's exactly yeah. what I like in, here in Australia. For sure. Um, but you have got, of course, a, a very good network of, of Australian book designers as well with your Australian Book Design Awards. Yeah, the Book Design Association. Yeah. yeah. So that's, um, we sort of put that, well, I didn't put it together. A group of people put it together uh, a few years ago and it was to keep that network of book designers up and running so that we, we do feel like a small community because it, especially if you're freelance, you can feel quite isolated because book design is different to, you know, studio graphic design so yeah you can feel quite isolated so it's nice to have that community and we, we try to keep it going yeah it, it looks wonderful and the um the blog posts that get put up as well oh, they're just brilliant okay we have a fantastic team that work behind uh, the blog posts and they work very hard to put some excellent content up there which is always fantastic and we try to get our members as well to um to write blog posts so that know we get them involved so i thought we'd move on to looking at your portfolio and oh, there's just so much choice here to to look at <laughs> no, i was going through and thinking oh how do i choose which ones to to ask you about but I'll be um to see which ones you choose yeah I, well i'm particularly interested in the illustrated ones um yeah so i i've sort of split them up into a few different categories of ones i wanted to ask you about um so yeah I mean, looking at both your portfolio and Instagram, it's clear that you're heavily influenced by designs of the past and from a, yes. a, a wide variety of different eras as well, which, which yes. makes it hugely diverse and um, and exciting. And so I was wondering where you look for um, inspiration of historical design. Do you have your own kind of archive of, of books and, and illustrations uh, that you look to? Yeah, uh, look, I have been a fan of William Morris since I can remember. Um, and so I think he, in terms of that sort of historical design, he would be my, my, my 
number one. So that's sort of where it started. I love that ornate pattern, um, his whole philosophy behind making things and that sort of thing. So I visit the library and have a look at books that he has written or books about him. And then from there, I usually find other sort of arts and craft movement designers and styles and that sort of thing. And I can search the internet. I can search the library. There's no sort of method to, to or collection of things that I have. Um, or I go to antique bookshops and have a look at, you know, um, the designs of the past there. Um, and I just sort of keep a mental record um, or take photos every now and then of things that I love. And then wherever I can possible inject that into my process or into books that I'm working on, I, I go for it. You know, obviously, that's not most books. Don't ask for that kind of look. But every now and then, I get the chance. Yeah. Um, so in, in particular, um, or at least to start with, I wanted to ask about, um, you've got The Wasp and The Orchid and yeah. Venom, both of which have a very old-timey look to them. They look like old um, scientific illustrations. So are they illustrations that you've done from scratch or are they ones that you've sort of cobbled together from, from different different things? Yes, no, they're sort of cobbled together from different mm. things. So what I'll usually do is, um, I think that they're both from botanical illustrations. Um, and then I mould them and add parts to the illustration to make it um, suit the cover in a better way. Both of those books actually are about wildlife in some way or form. And so the botanical illustrations actually have relevance to being used on the cover. So The Wasp and the Orchid is a sort of memoir biography about Edith Coleman, who was a botanist, um, Australian botanist, who... Um, found a correlation between the shape of an orchid and uh, the shape of the male wasp and how uh, the orchid looks like a female wasp. So that's the way that it spreads its pollen is uh, because the male wasp will come in assuming that it's a female, then take the pollen out and spread it. Um, wow. And so it's all these, there are all these fascinating stories and uh, there were these fascinating drawings from some of the um, illustrators that worked with Edith at the time um so and they're all quite beautiful so you kind of want to be able to express the beauty of the content in the book on the cover so that sort of style is, is what would suit you know that sort of content um and mm. similar venom i can't remember exactly it was such a long time ago but there we had some relationship between dangerous australian animals and one of those was the snake um, and so we found these amazing uh, illustrations of, you know, sort of scientific illustrations of different types of Australian snakes. And I've always wanted to do a cover where a snake wraps around the type. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just great. I mean, and, and yeah. of course, Australia is so rich in in flora and fauna that you can draw on. And then it's got that history of, of botanical illustration as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. you know when you find those opportunities to use the illustrations that you do or that I absolutely love I just go for it and you know I've, I've tried in the past with other books and sometimes that style doesn't get through and you need to go with something more contemporary or, or sort of different but in those two cases it won <laughs> yeah and it's something you see quite a lot of in in bookshops at the moment I've noticed yeah much to my delight yeah yeah, yeah. no I agree it seems to be a popular choice in the publishing world 
So the next one I wanted to talk about is Beyond the Rock, which is a biography of Joan Lindsay, who was the author of the Australian classic Picnic at Hanging, Hanging Rock, which is... Um, yeah, a book that I've had on my to-read list for ages, so I, I wish I had a bit more context for, yeah, for the book right. itself. Um, but I, I did a little bit of reading beforehand on uh, the the general idea of it. Um, yeah. But so this design, it looks like it's come straight out of a an Art Nouveau catalogue. It's it's just gorgeous. And yeah. um, I went through your Instagram and see that you've you've got a picture of this in pencil, and I, I was so impressed to see that you you'd done all of this by hand because it, it does look like it's just sort of been adapted from a, an Art Nouveau one but obviously you've you've done it all yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well it is based on sort of Art Nouveau style drawings. I um, had already illustrated so the end papers um, were an illustration I had already done so because I love William Morris so much I do do drawings of sort of intricate patterns every now and then just because I wish I was William Morris. <laughs> Um, and I, so when I, when I got the brief for Beyond the Rock, I, the first thing I thought was I want to use this particular illustration as the end papers. Um, so with that sort of in mind, I thought, well, why don't I illustrate all the sort of decorative elements and make this an Art Nouveau looking or an Art Nouveau style biography because it suited the time frame of Joan Lindsay and all, um, and, and her and the picnic at Hanging Rock sort of style. And the publishers really loved sort of the concept. So I was just able to build on that sort of illustrative style. And I, I took a lot of reference from the way books were designed in that time period and, you know, the colours and uh, fonts and all that sort of stuff to sort of build this biography in that style. So it was lots of fun. It was a really, really great book to work on. And uh, the colours are just stunning. It really reminds me of interior design from that period. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, we went through a lot of different colours for the cover and internals, you know, choosing the colours. I think there was a green at some stage, which I really loved as well. But I think the blue was probably um, what was the strongest. The blue matched with the pink. Um, and um, I'm not sure if you can really see from the Instagram, but there is the white decoration on the front is actually a white foil. And the type is... A blue for a really deep blue foil. So ah. in, in real life, it has some real sort of tactile qualities to it. It's really beautiful. Oh, how wonderful! Yeah. Yeah. So these flowers, do they have a particular significance? <laughs> I wish they did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think they just have the right shape and style for the for the design that I was working with. Because I was trying to figure out what they are, but they just probably I, I, an, I an amalgamation of some different ones. <laughs> yeah yeah no I think they're just they're just beautiful yeah they absolutely are <laughs> yeah um I actually I wanted to ask you about a, another one of your designs which I see was a, a killed design as well yeah but the midnight watch oh I yeah absolutely love your version of it I looked up to see what the final version was and yeah it's it's very different I, I mean I, yeah. I can see why they would have gone with something like that but so this was a few years ago, am I right in thinking that? Yes, was yes. This 2016? Was a while I was thinking, yeah, um, maybe the year before, 2015. Yeah. Uh, while I was working at Penguin, I was working in the Sydney office and they have a Melbourne office as well. And um, they, in the Melbourne office, were trying to crack or get the cover and they just emailed a group of us in Sydney and said, hey guys, you know, we're having a lot of trouble 
putting together these covers or getting a cover for this book. Here's the brief. If any of you want to have a go, can you send, send through some options? And so that was one of my options, was the one that's on my website, but it obviously didn't get through. And one of the other designers in Melbourne uh, sort of got the photographic cover passed. But um, I loved it so much when after I'd sent it through, I thought, oh, I'll put this on my website as well. And a lot of people comment on it <laughs> or ask, you know, for something in that style or that sort of thing. So it's a yeah. nice piece to have. There's, there's so much detail in there. And just looking at it now, I'm, I'm noticing more patterns that sort of could suggest different things. Yeah, it's yeah. There's so much going on. Yeah, no, I love patterns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this one, this one actually reminds me of another cover that came out more recently, and I'm trying to remember the title of it. I think it's called something like Sugar Money, and it's a, it's a, a novel about slavery, I think, and it's got that same kind of pattern design on it. And it's interesting yeah. that that's something that we're seeing more of now. And I wonder if if this brief had come up you know, yeah. a couple of years later, if this one would have would have been the one they went with. Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah, yeah you're right. Probably could have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do find a lot of the time publishers do really like to go for, you know, classic, photographic, those sorts of covers. You know, if, if, you, if you know you're not going to get an illustrated cover past, um, then you know you can go down that sort of emotional, photographic sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it is a beautiful cover, the, the final one. Yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I just really like your one. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so just to sort of skip back a bit and talk about your young adult covers, or at least I assume that they're young adult covers. Um, mm -hmm. So we've got Play Like a Girl. Uh, that's a series. Oh, yeah. So are yeah. they for a YA audience? Yes, they are. Yeah. They're for, um, uh, yeah, they are young adults. So they're like 7 to 12 years old. That's yeah. the age range that I was given for those ones. And then yeah. we've got The Hot Guy and Momo Freaks Out. <laughs> All um, great titles. Yeah, yeah. And the Hot Guy is actually a brilliant book. They're both brilliant books. Mm. Um, but if you like fiction, um, The Hot Guy is a really excellent story. But, yeah, those guys, those ones aren't YA. They're older slash – they're sort of one step up from YA. Oh, okay. So new, not, new not, adult, is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's Yeah. That's a, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're fun. Well, I, I mean, I wanted to talk about the hot guy because it's it's a great cover, and I think it's it's really interesting considering the title. <laughs> I, I imagine it was on the brief. You can't put a, a shirtless man on the front of this. <laughs> well, you know what's so funny? We were trying to put a B format cover together recently, and that came up in the concept. Yeah. <laughs> was should we put a, a shirtless guy on the cover? Because the whole the whole book is hilarious and they kind of take the piss from that sort of idea of, you know, Wonderful. a super, super hot guy. So, but no, 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 we didn't, we didn't end up going shirtless guy. So instead we've got this chalkboard look. So was yeah. that, was that done with chalk or was it digital? No, no, no. It was done by, uh, done by hand. So it was just a pencil drawing. Uh, but what I did was I took it into uh, Photoshop and played around with the colors ah. and inverted them all. And then added the sort of pastel colors to the to the drawings and, and overlaid a texture so that it looked kind of chalkboardy. Yeah. So it had that that real tactile feel to it. And what sort of finish does the does the book have? I imagine this would look really great with a super matte, um, that kind of uh, almost suede finish to it. 
Yes, so that's that's actually how it feels. So it has oh, that great. suede finish to it. Yeah, um, and the uh, letters are all glossed. So oh, they fantastic! Pop out. Yeah, and the inside cover is like a really bright lime green, uh, same color as one of the letters. On ah. the so yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice package. So is that how you normally work, starting off with, with pencil or pen, hand-drawn, and then going into the computer? That's how I used to work. And I've recently bought an iPad Pro, ah. and they're amazing. There's a massive range of uh, pencil styles, and you can choose one, and it looks exactly the same as almost exactly the same as when you draw with lead pencil and you have the same level of control but it just goes straight into Photoshop so I don't have to do the the extra steps. So I had a scanner at work and I would draw and then scan the image in and then bitmap it and clean it up whereas now I can just draw straight into Photoshop and it just saves so much time. Is it a steep learning curve that changing to, to digital like that? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, it did take a little bit of time to get used to getting it to look as realistic as possible. But once you get the hang of it, it's it's very easy. And it's just so similar to working on paper for me. Yeah. But yeah, the, it, it didn't take me long to learn at all. In fact, I was so excited to learn it. I learned really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you're, if you're investing that much into into getting, yeah, they're, they're not cheap. <laughs> But, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I've heard great things. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. So do you use some sort of cover over the top of the, the glass so that you're not drawing straight on the glass? Or do you find that the glass is fine to draw on? No, I, I draw straight onto the glass. Yeah, I didn't okay. even know there were covers. Well, yeah. I've, I've heard that, that some people find that it doesn't, because it's not paper, it, it feels very different because you yeah, haven't got yeah. that same friction. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I find it absolutely fine. I like it. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's definitely on my to-buy list. <laughs> yeah, I would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, so where were we? We were on other YA covers. Oh, yeah, so actually maybe let's go back and talk about the Play Like a Girl series because sure. these are all paper cutouts, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. So um, it was a really, fun, a really fun brief that I got for that one. So basically it's... Uh, there's a women's AFL league that's sort of gaining attention in Australia and getting uh, women more involved in what is predominantly a male sport. So this book is looking is sort of aimed directly at young, so young girls and getting them involved in or excited about women's AFL at a young age. And so the publisher wanted to do something that was uh, fun, exciting, a bit different. And so I played around. I did a few versions or concepts using AstroTurf, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of the other concepts that I came up with was, this is going to be a series. Why don't we create sort of like a little team out of or little people out of these books, you know, so everyone's wearing a different jersey. And that's where the idea sort of came from. Um, and originally they were just vector drawings that I'd done um, and they really loved the idea and I suggested, why don't we cut it out of paper? You know, if they're quite simple shapes. And they said, sure, let's give it a go. And so I cut out a little jersey and it looked so cute. <laughs> and I photographed it. They loved it. And so I just um, went ahead and sort of played around. I, you know, would go to the art shop, pick all these um, really bright, colorful cardboards 
and create these little jerseys. And we've got another two that are sort of in the works at the moment that haven't been published yet, but it's so fun coming up with these little, uh, they're actually called Guernseys, sorry, designed for these little AFL Guernseys, spots and stripes and that sort of thing. So, yeah. So all four of these were released at the same time? Yeah, so these four were all released at the same time and there's two more um, in the works at the moment. Yeah, and I love that extra dimension you get from, from working with paper like that. Yeah, me too. I, I really love it as well. I've, I've always wanted to do sort of like a diorama or a, a book cover that is cut out paper. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I can't think of anything else that I've done where I've, I've managed to, oh, besides the wine guide which was also paper cutouts. Um, oh, okay. But I think with this level of dimension, which was really exciting for me. Oh, so I'm, d- I'm just looking at the wine guide now. So the the transparent bit, was that done afterwards or is that a transparent paper? The way that we went about those illustrations was to get that sort of organic cutout look. I actually cut out chunks of paper and mm. then would scan that in um, and play around with the colours and then flatten it and then put an overlay of texture on top of that. Right. So it was, it was a long process, but it did also start with the paper cutouts. And I tried to get that concept so that it um, what had that sort of three-dimensional look to it. I wanted to get that past, but they wanted a, a more flat graphic version of it. So it ended up being this sort of strange in-between <laughs> illustration. It's very different from anything you'd normally see in, in a wine section of, of yes, a bookshop. And, and that's actually exactly what happened. So yeah. when I was working on that book, originally the brief was we wanted it to be very beautiful, watercolours, you know, that, that sort of sits with the high-end wine drinking sort of customer. Yeah. And we did those versions and the publishers really loved it, but then the author wanted, decided that they wanted their book to look the complete opposite considering the, the title is, you know, sort of a, this is not a wine guide. So yeah. they thought the visuals should match that, which which was actually a really good idea. And so we had to turn that whole classical look on its head and do something that we didn't or we hadn't seen in the wine um, section of a, of a bookshop. So that's how that sort of came about. Yeah, it, it's a great result. Yeah. Uh, so we've, we've gone off YA a bit here. The, the other one I wanted to talk to you was Momo Freaks Out, another, another great title. Yeah, so funny, the um, commissioning editor of that book, oh, no, no, sorry, the author of Momo Freaks Out, Simone, was the commissioning editor of the Play Like a Girl series. So okay. I did her book initially. And so the book Momo Freaks Out is actually a, um, an autobiography or a memoir, sorry, um, uh, of Simone's earlier life. And um, it's because it's set in the 90s, we wanted to have that kind of, I don't know what you'd call the aesthetic, that crappy digital aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> you sums know it up I mean? pretty well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Simone, Simone's lipstick is that colour, that pinky colour. So that's sort of how that, so a lot of the concepts that I did for that um, were kind of, you know, those digital hearts and um, there were a few sort of hand drawings and that sort of thing. But then when she saw the lips, she was like, yeah, that's me. That yeah. sums up me and that sums up the time period. <laughs> so so that's that, that's sort of what and – the, and the type is kind of like Tetris 
Yeah. <laughs> it all sort of links back to that 90s arcade sort of feeling. Yeah, it's very nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it, is this a, an adult memoir then? Yeah, yeah, okay. I would say. Or maybe new adult, yeah. Yeah, because exactly. it's interesting. Yeah. Some of these, you look at them and you think, those colours just immediately make you think of, yeah, of, of YA. But yeah, then yeah. when you put that in a different section of a bookshop, it really stands out. Yeah, yeah, it's so true, hey. Yeah. Mm. Is that something you're thinking about a lot, is where it's going to be in a in a physical bookshop? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I always like to go to the bookshop and look at what's on the shelf and I try to do something different always. And yeah. that's not what gets passed most of the time. Usually we publishers want something that you know has some or resonates with what exists out there but it's definitely where I start is how do I make something that stands out and is is a little bit different to what's already out there yeah, yeah definitely so yeah. then when you're thinking like that do you do sort of one concept that's way out there and then some that are a bit more tame yeah definitely definitely yeah. and do you sometimes a- find a middle ground there yeah, there is all. I think a lot of the time that's where we where where I get to um, with you know feedback is we, we love this concept but it's too different. So can we sort of rein it in a little bit and and give it a bit more context or you know tone it down a little bit or simplify the type or that sort of thing and then the end result ends up being a middle ground between you know what's already out there and a completely new idea. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, finally, I wanted to ask you about the the design you did for the Australian Book Design Awards catalogue, which is just so cool. So I'll just quickly describe it, um, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong because I'm just going off of pictures here. Um, But it's it's absolutely gorgeous. It's got a plain white embossed cover and then bright purple and orange um, coloured end papers, and and that's the colour scheme that, that goes throughout. And the end papers, I am assuming, are a contemporary look at uh, William Morris. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounded about right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So what yeah. was the brief like for this design? Oh, so there was no real brief for the um, the catalogue. So what happens is at ABDA, the Book Design Association, we ask a designer uh, every year to uh, do the catalogue for us. And generally it's the person who wins Young Designer of the Year the year before. So uh, the year before I designed the catalogue, I won an award at the um, the Book Design Awards, and so therefore I was the designer on the catalogue in, in the next year. Um, so basically it is they just, yeah, they don't, they don't give you a brief. All you need to do is create something that communicates the information and is a nod to contemporary book design. So when I came up with a concept uh, for for my catalogue, I guess I thought, what was book design to me? And William Morris is, um, you know, the heart and soul of my world in book design. So I wanted to take a sort of leaf out of his book, but then also give it a contemporary twist. And that's where the colours sort of come into play and the blind. So the, the cover has a blind deboss. So it just used all these strange, um, and, and, and it's like a fake leather as well, so it has a strange feel to it. Um, but I just wanted to use all these sort of more contemporary, you know, design choices to sort of balance that out, and it seemed to work. 
yeah i mean going by the pictures it looks absolutely amazing and it makes me just want to be able to hold it in my hands as well because <laughs> i mean I've, I, that that white must get terribly grubby <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah well um, i even thought about um when because they, they go in the little show bags at the end of yeah. the night i thought why don't i wrap it up and give everybody white gloves because they're gonna get their <laughs> their little catalogs dirty but I didn't end up doing that. <laughs> what a great idea. So it's it's really that open a brief that you can you can decide on the format as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean obviously it has to be a tasteful design to some level. Yeah. Um, and it does get run by the committee and um, you know they need to approve to approve the design, but we do love the designers who are working on it to sort of run free and do something that they've always wanted to do. Um, so yeah. Yeah, how wonderful! Yeah, and again that that um, that Willie Morris print. So I see you've got it in. Is it the same print in, in reverse, or is it? It's a different one, isn't it? That you've got, or are they different on each page? It's it's in reverse, so okay. um, it just alternates throughout the book. So sometimes ah. purple is the dominant color, and other times it's orange. <laughs> Such vibrant colors, and yeah, yeah, so unusual as well. You don't often see. Them, them put together like that I guess yeah. it's, it's it's such a jarring look but yeah, it works so well with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it works so well with the white and, and yeah. the fact that you've then got the white pages inside and it's like the ribbon bookmark is white as well yeah wow. yeah how yeah. fantastic <laughs> yeah I don't suppose there's any way of getting your hands on one of those anymore is there oh no they're definitely they're still for sale ah. um, all the catalogs that we do are um, available at uh, the ABDA website. So oh, I have to have a look at that. Track back. There's some really beautiful ones that have been designed in the past. Um, so you can track back and have a look at everything there, and um, and they're all for sale and they get shipped out. So yeah. And yeah. on top of that, you've got all the the designs inside as well. Yeah. Oh, everybody's. Um, all the designs. Yeah. So from the year, all the shortlisted and the winner winning um, covers are all inside the book. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I'll definitely have to look that up. <laughs> yeah, do it. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to have a little chat. My pleasure. Thank you. Spine is a production of Spine Magazine. For show notes, articles, audio and video about the enormous talent that goes into creating books, visit spinemagazine.co.